Um, what's our next drug? Let's do amantazine. Amantazine is one of my favourite drugs, and for a long time, this is my second line. If you've got a dog treated for arthritis, a dog or a cat, you're treating them for arthritis with a non-steroidal, which let's say non-steroidals are our, our standard treatment for arthritis, first-line treatment. At some stage, that arthritis pain is going to get worse. So it's really important that we are able to work out when that pain gets worse. And that's a conversation I have with owners probably in the second consultation after diagnosing arthritis. Right, at some point, this is going to get worse. We need to work out what to do at that point. Um, the use of amantidine stems from a paper by Duncan Lascelles and colleagues from back in 2008, where they took dogs that were refractory to non therapy with they had arthritis. And they split them into two groups. So those dogs, all of the, of the dogs received meloxicam for the first seven days of the study. Half of the dogs then carried on receiving meloxicam for the next three weeks. And the other half of the dogs receives amantadine, which is an NMDA antagonist. So similar mechanism of action to ketamine, previously used in people for treatment of Parkinson's disease. And we know that the NMDA receptor is a key receptor in central sensitization. And central sensitization happens when we have that ongoing or intense peripheral stimulus from something like arthritis, uh, where we have activation of the NMDA receptor at the dorsal one of the spinal cord. And basically, that just opens the pain transmission system up to transmit more pain and we then get transmission of things like touch uh, that are then perceived as a painful stimulus. So the NMDA receptor is really key. Amantidine targets that. What they were able to show in the dogs that received amantidine in conjunction with meloxicam is that those dogs were less lame three weeks after starting amantidine. Their activity was improved and the vets call those dogs as less painful on examination so that is the study that kicked us all off using amantadine the dose works out as three to five mg per kg based on the fact that in that study they used 100 milligram capsules if the dog was less than 37 they gave them 100 if the dog was more than 37 kilos they gave them 200 mm -hmm. that's where that dose range comes from and that was once a day in my experience, amantazine makes a big difference when added as that second line agent. And I think we, ha we have certainly have more evidence for using amantazine compared to something like paracetamol or gabapentin, which is why I would say amantazine is my second line in those cases. Okay. And is it is it either amantazine or ketamine? Because they act on the same receptors, you're not going to be doubling up and using both of them. No, what you can do is you can give an injection of ketamine and then start amantadine. You may find that you don't necessarily need to give those top-ups of ketamine. Again, I, I guess what I would say is that's fairly anecdotal. Okay. And does it have a, a trade name or is it just amantadine? I'm completely oblivious to it. I've never actually heard of it before, uh, I confess. When I first came out the trade name that we had in europe was simitrel um I th i'm pretty sure what we get now is just labeled amantadine 
it's one of those drugs that some when it, it was Simitrel and then another company bought it and cranked the price up. So it, it's not a particularly cheap drug. It's probably costing about a pound a day uh, for treating a okay. dog. Okay. Um, any other questions, Katie? Okay, have why do you know about it? Have you just read about it, or have you actually used it at all, or come across it? Um, now we use it. We use it a lot here. Um, I was introduced from a, a vet over in one of the emergency centres in Canberra, and it's something that we use a lot here for a lot of our lame patients and patients with OA and ongoing problems. We do still have it as Simitrol, but and you finding it useful? Yeah, I find it really useful. Yeah. The- so I either use it, um, I do use paracetamol as well for a few of my patients, my OA patients where um, meloxicam is not enough, um, or I use amantadine. It kind of comes down to cost, uh-huh. like Matt said. Yeah. For the chronic pain case, you'd go NSAIDs first, and then Matt, you'll say that you're, if you can't afford it, you go amantadine next, and then Panadol is in your back pocket. One of the, what we noticed when... A Simitrel went on and off the market about 10 years ago, and there's another NMDA antagonist called Memantine, and we don't really have any evidence as far as analgesia goes with that beyond anecdote. There is a, there's a paper looking at the use of Memantine to reduce compulsive behaviour in dogs, and so that gives us a dose of 0.3 to 1 mg per kg, and again, similar story to amantadine. That dose is actually tailored around the capsule size, the, the tablet size, and the weight of the dogs in the study. So you can get ten milligrams and twenty milligrams. I tend to start on about half a mg per kg of memantine once a day. I've put a post, there's a, again there's a pain update on zero pain on amantadine or memantine. What you will find is that memantine is a lot cheaper. It's really cheap, so probably a tenth of the cost per month of amantadine. I I kind of have the the conversation with owners that my preference is amantadine because we have that study to prove it, and we don't have any studies proving um, that memantine is actually analgesic, but we do have experience that memantine is effective and so if cost is an issue then i would i think memantine is a really good option because i i definitely want to target central sensitization and either amantadine or memantine are going to do that or ketamine mm-hmm. okay so let's say you can't afford amantadine you don't have memantine available half a megapigil of ketamine we've all got ketamine everyone's got it on the shelf it's dirt cheap so Yes, I, I think somewhere along the line, we need to think about the pain pathophysiology. We have inflammatory pain as that peripheral driver, mm-hmm. but at some stage, if we don't do a great job of controlling that or because the disease progresses, or let's be honest, we diagnose arthritis really late because owners don't present those cases to us early enough. If we think there's any chance we've got central sensitization there we need to think about one of using one of those drugs in our patients and would you be happy to then add paracetamol as an additional drug as well or would it not normally yes. be ne- yes you would yeah absolutely um i i quite like to give owners options to use as a, as a rescue so let's say you've got a dog that is treated with an non or is treated with a mantadine 
but for whatever reason another dog knocks into it or it does too much exercise or something happens it slips on the floor it needs something extra um i think paracetamol is a really sensible thing to be using as a rescue in those circumstances to help settle things down okay great so but was it 10 years ago ish 10 ish years ago tramadol was the hot drug and then suddenly we're not using it because there's so much variation and some people say it doesn't work at all is it still in your arsenal at all matt or have you dropped it does it work have you got evidence where are we with tramadol back in 2012 there was a paper it was actually investigating another drug that acted by a completely different mechanism but they included tramadol in that study and they they included carprofen as the the drug that they were comparing this other novel analgesic to so there was a a group of the novel analgesic there's a placebo group there's a tramadol group and then there was the carprofen group dogs with arthritis Mm -hmm. and they did show a little bit of benefit to the tramadol not as much as carprofen and then there's another study looking at this is actually looking at pain after cruciate surgery where they compared Firacox, so Previcox, or Tramadol, or the combination. The Firacoxib did what we expected it to do. When you added Tramadol to that, they didn't see an additive or synergistic effect. And in the Tramadol group, quite a few of those dogs required rescue analgesia. So really the take-home is that there's, there's no literature that documents that Tramadol is a terribly effective drug in dogs. What confuses the picture is we've now got a license. We've got two licensed preparations in Europe, and I'm not quite sure what basis they were licensed on. Do I use it? Um, I tend to use tramadol in cases where they come to see me in the pain clinic and they're already on tramadol. I might say to the owner, "Do you think it actually makes a difference?" If they think it makes a difference, then we carry on with it. Mm-hmm. If I say, "Okay, fine. Let's," you don't think it makes a difference. Let's stop the tramadol and either see what happens or we'll try something else. Mm-hmm. I've had quite a few cases where we take both of those approaches and the owners don't think they're, the dogs are as good. We put them back on tramadol and they improve. So I, I think tramadol probably does have its place, but I tend to not prescribe it personally because we have so many other options. We've got macrophene as an option, and paracetamol is more effective. But I'm sure we all have cases where we have seen tramadol being effective and tramadol as being not terribly effective.